0: Welcome back to another episode of Goddess Unbound.
1: We are so happy to have you here. I'm Alina. I'm Kayden. And we are international besties who have never met in real life.
0: But what is real life? Join us weekly to break the social taboos and to unbind your soul to live as your most authentic self. In this podcast, we talk
1: about the divine feminine, energetics, holistic health, psychology, the law of attraction, and so much more.
0: Before we begin, we'd like to invite you to drop in and take a breath with us.
1: Inhale. Exhale.
0: Hey, we're back with another episode, episode three inner child, teen, and me. Yes, I'm really excited for
1: this one. This is definitely a topic that is really present in both our lives right now. I know that Kaden and I can both talk a lot about this specific topic and also know about. It's really right next to our hearts, basically. So, oh yeah. but yeah, yes, let's start. What is the inner child? even and also what might trigger your inner child so if you're not familiar with the inner child the inner child is basically your inner child like you as a child for most of us I would say it's in the age form Four, five to like seven or eight, but it's really individual. I know that for Caden the inner teen is way more present than the inner child. Mm -hmm. Um, Too fiery today. Yes, and the inner child really represents us and our childish behavior when we are in early stages, on from birth to five or six or seven years old. We are in a specific stage of life where so many affirmations will be formed. And we also begin to develop really deep trust. Every single one of us has some kind of trauma or wound or maybe a negative thing that someone say to us when we were a child or... We witness something negative or something negative happens, mm-hmm. And, you know, when we think about a child, children are always really raw and they're pure and they're really vulnerable at the same time because they don't understand so many things as we understand as an adult, right? And they're really emotional. Like, for example, when the parents say negative things to them, I feel like they're really soaking that up. Because they're really in a deep, deep connection to their authorities, like parents or even mm-hmm. teachers, etc. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when they say it, it must be right. So it's really important to understand that when we are child, as I say it we are really vulnerable. Everything that is said to us in some kind of way, we take it really personal. And mm-hmm. I know that I also read a book, it's called The Four Agreements. It's a really great book, so I can really recommend it. There the author also, also talks about that words can be poison. So when we say something negative, it's really liquid poison. Or it's like, if you would be bewitched. When we think about that, when we think about our language in the sense, I think we can all agree that it's so important to be really careful about the words we are using. And when we are adults, the inner child can come up in different kind of ways, like when it's being triggered. So for example, you sing when you're like five or six years old because you really like it, you think it's fun and it brings you a lot of joy. And then your mom comes home, she's really stressed. Her day was super busy and she just wants to relax. And the little girl sings and sings and sings and it's really happy. But the mom gets more stressed with every word, basically, the girl sings because the mom just wants to be in a calm space. But she's not saying that. So Mm -hmm. it gets worse and worse and the mom gets more and more stressed. Until the mom freaks out and says to this little girl, to the child, shut up, you have an ugly voice. What happens in this situation is that the child is going to be so hurt It will stop singing and from there on, always when a song comes up and it feels like it wants to sing again, at the same time, it's, you know, saying to her or himself that, no, I have an ugly voice. This mom, without knowing, gave her child poison. Only these words will dedicate how this girl lives the life from there on and it will never sing again, maybe. Or also, for example, when you're in a relationship and your partner sees something to you, you start noticing that you get super angry at him without any particular reason, afterwards you know or you reflect on that and you ask yourself why you even got so angry about it, because it was not a big deal, then you know that it was your inner child. When you are behaving in a circumstance like you would not behave normally, then you know it's your inner child kind of showing up. It's your inner wounded, angry or sad child that's showing up. So yeah, I hope you got a little overview and understanding about what the inner child is. But now, Caden, can you please introduce to us the inner teen?
0: Yes, happy to. I did want to touch on the inner child a little bit. I love everything that was just said, but I do want to reiterate the fact that between those early stages of life, it's unfortunate that a lot of people are unaware that your inner child doesn't go anywhere. That little you, the small you in those early stages of life that was soaking up all of the information around you, the love, the care, the relationships that you were shown, does not go away. That stays within you. It shows throughout your adulthood. And if you don't understand where those tendencies or those feelings or those emotions or actions are coming from, you could potentially be hurting that relationship with your inner child more so than being able to take a step back and say, this is little Kaden and this is how she feels and I want to honor that and accept that and see her. And that brings me into the inner teen. And I just want to bring awareness to it. As I was telling Alina before we started recording, my inner teen has made herself known in very random situations this week. A friend and I would talk about it. I would see something on Instagram or something very random would bring up this idea of the inner teen. For most of my healing experience, I've wondered about the time in your life before you are 100% responsible of your life and after somebody else or other people are making every decision for you. And what is that awkward time in between those two seasons of life where you can think for yourself, starting to understand your own feelings and emotions and your body is going through a lot of changes, but you aren't quite ready to to take full responsibility for your life. What is that awkward stage? What is that time in your life? And I've felt called to pay attention to her and I've named her my inner teen and she's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) She's pissed. She's pissed off and she needs to be seen. (laughs) Alina's cracking up. And I think it's true for a a lot of people who are going through this healing journey that, yeah, the inner child, we can do a lot of work with them and they can help us a lot on our journey. And I'm forever grateful for little Caden and her free spirit and her heart full of love and her curiosity and imagination and creativity that she's brought to my life now as an adult. But a lot of my trauma and a lot of my challenges and contrast that has taken place in my life has happened in my teen years. When people say, you got to do inner child work. You've got to honor your inner child and honor the little you that was neglected or or didn't get what she needed. And now that you're an adult, you can give that to her. Yeah, that's great. And I enjoy doing that. But what about the teenager that's pissed off? What about the teenager that doesn't understand what's going on, is starting to realize that things in her life are hurting her, whether that's family dynamics or friends or generational trauma? or things that she just doesn't understand on top of just being a teenager, going through the changes in her body and her hormones and her headspace and the way that she thinks about herself, her relationship with her peers. To me, it just seems like something that is not talked about enough. And maybe it's just my inner teen because I know she's on fire today. But up to this point, I've rarely heard people talk about this time in their life. And I think it's so important. I could even go as far as to say just as important as doing inner child work is paying attention to that teenager that's fucking mad. Excuse my French, but she is mad. She's mad about a lot of things. She's mad about the way her childhood was. She's mad about maybe her relationship with her parents or mad about Things she's starting to understand that was never explained to her, or she's mad about the lack of emotional connection she's feeling. And for me, a lot of what my inner teen is upset about is she's mad that she never got the emotional connection and guidance from either of her parents, quite frankly and now being an adult, me having time to process that and be with that and and teaching myself how to be more emotionally available and and emotionally there, she's pissed that she couldn't do that in her teen years. So with that said, we'll tennis back and forth between inner child and inner teen, but my inner teen just wanted to say, I'm here. We're going to talk about me I need to be talked about. Yeah, that's kind of uh, where she's at right now. And I think it's important. I think both the inner child and the inner teen hold equal importance in your journey and healing and honoring all parts of you and i just don't think the teen you has talked about enough a lot happens in your teen years you go through a lot of changes and a lot of feelings and emotions and you might make some decisions that are deemed irresponsible or not smart or ignorant or whatever the case may be and we need to talk about it because if i didn't live through my teen years pissed off I wouldn't be the person I am today. We should honor that. We should honor the fact that this was a season of life where we were not yet fully responsible for our lives and we did have other people playing a huge role in the decisions we made and the way that we felt. But we were also in a point where we could understand more of what, of what these people were saying, what energy these people were giving off more so than we could as a child. And I think it's a turning point for a lot of people, how their inner teen was feeling and how their inner teen was being treated. So we can go back to s- and and talk about how to tap into your inner child, how to kind of do that work. Yes. Thank you so much,
1: Kaden. And I'm so happy to meet you in a teen and I think it's also so important to really embrace and show your inner child and inner teen if it wants to be seen. So I really love that you're doing that here. I mean, I am really more connected to the inner child and I know that you're more connected to the inner teen and I think this mm-hmm. is so cool because we can both um, really talk about these different stages but at the same time I totally agree that both are really important and it's definitely especially the inner teen is something that nobody really talks about but still is super important because when we think about it it's really the stage where we kind of interact more in the social space and Mm -hmm. really get out more meet friends more and don't have this close relationship to our parents or family maybe because we want to be our own person. We want to be free, right? And we want to, yeah, kind of have our own life or find out who we really are. So I think this is like a really super, super important stage in life as well. And I just wanted to mention about the inner child. So often, it's important to see the duality here as well, right? Because duality exists in all life. And the inner child represents a child we once were both positive and a negative aspect. And one is about reclaiming all the positive qualities of the child within So it's becoming playful and joyful for no reason at all. It's making silly jokes and having fun with your own kids maybe or with your pets or family and friends and just being carefree and present in the moment. Mm -hmm. These are all qualities of child, of your inner child. And on the other side, you have these suppressed emotions Also traumas and limiting beliefs can play a huge role here. It kind of intertwines also with shadow work. So if you ever heard the term shadow work, it's related to the inner child. So it's really working around your limiting beliefs, working around your wounded child, basically. In Mm -hmm. this sense, I think it's also good to talk about how to even communicate with your inner child, how to even get in contact with your inner child. There are a lot of techniques how you can do that. And the first thing is to really be aware of your inner child I would say I mean obviously when you're a bit older you know or like I know that I'm an editor now I mean I'm 23 but still I know that I have a lot of like the inner child is kind of still inside me with emotions or with memories or with behaviors So it's like a part of me, right? And I think this is just Mm -hmm. important to understand. In a lot of cases, your inner child has another name or you can name it if you want to. For example, if your inner child does not have a good memory or feels sad or whatever, you can, as an adult, take the place now and hold the space for this child and be there for it now. Yeah. I think this is so powerful at the same time because as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, we sing, one of us has something like a trauma or limiting belief or bad memory or whatever. But just knowing that you are also the one who can change that. You are the one who holds the power. You are the one who can take care of your child now. This knowing is amazing and really powerful, as I say. So how you can communicate. Um, It can be that your inner child is really angry at you because you haven't paid attention. To it for a long, long time. So, um, a good way to start is if you're left handed. You can write with your left hand on like a paper and just ask your inner child what its name is or that you're happy to meet it. And then with your other hand that you're not normally writing with, so for me it would be my right hand. I will write the answers that come up then, and it can Alina,
0: yeah, really quickly. I don't think in the long amount of time that we've been friends, I just have to. This has to be in the podcast. um, I never realized that you were left-handed and so am I really yeah anyways continue That's so cool oh <laughs> my gosh.
1: yeah no I could <laughs> okay so yeah with the weight hand you can then write from your inner child perspective and see what it says and I know that I talked with a lot of people who did this exercise and some of them told me that it, you know, took three weeks and his inner child finally <laughs> answered. So definitely expect your inner child to be pissed and angry at you for not taking care of it. But now is the time that you can do that. So this is a great way to connect with it, to just have this dialogue with it. And what I really love to do when I take a bus, I also love to put my one hand on my heart and my other hand on my sakra chakra and then Just really kind of meditate on it and really go inside me, maybe dive into old memories. And you can even imagine that these memories would be different. The example I gave you in the beginning with the little girl who was singing and the mom who was, yeah, a bit mean to that child. You can go back to that memory and rewrite it. If it would have happened differently in this Specific case, you could just visualize this inert girl singing, the mom coming from her work really busy. But then the mom is able to reflect on that and calms down a bit and then says to that girl, I love your voice. Or it's always so great for me to hear you sing. Or you can, you know, do a different example and This way, when you rewrite memories, it will subconsciously rewrite it to a positive memory because your subconscious and your brain cannot separate if something really happened or if it's only a visualization that you are Mm -hmm. having. So speaking more, of yeah sorry sorry I'm almost <laughs> finished <laughs> so the more often you practice this, the easier it will get, and also you will rewrite memories and limiting beliefs over time, and you will definitely realize that you will behave differently and that you will not be so triggered anymore as well
0: mm. I love that. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose my train of thought. But around the visualization, and this can be true for doing work with your inner teen as well. I mean, everything that Alina said would be the same process to connect with your inner teen. And she's going to be rageful. She just really wants everybody to know today that she's just pissed. <laughs> and i am letting it flow but around the visualization i was actually taught this in my own coaching course that i took with my own life coach when connecting with your inner child or in this case also your inner teen like i said you can do it for both is to visualize and this is my favorite practice to do is remember and, and draw in a memory where your inner child or your inner teen was suffering and visualize them there visualize all the feelings feel into all the feelings that you could have or if you remember were feeling in that moment and then visualize yourself now walking up to them and sitting beside them holding them giving them a big hug telling them how much you love them, reminding them that they are not alone and kind of going back in time with your visualization to those moments in your life where you know now as an adult you're healing from and visit yourself back then and make sure that they know that they're not alone and that you love them and that you're now here for them and now they are safe to feel the way that they need to feel and express what they need to express and, and be who they need to be with your love and support. Because now as adults taking responsibility of your life, essentially, you become your parent. You become mm-hmm. your teen's parent. You become your inner child's parent. You can do this in a lighthearted and fun way and allow yourself to explore if your parents lacked in any way how would I have wanted to be treated as a little child or how would I have wanted to be treated as a teen? And give yourself that. Allow yourself to give yourself the experiences that you wished you had in those moments. And I just thought that that was a really good point to put in there too, along with what you were saying about how to connect and, and be with your inner child. I think visualization and, and visualizing walking into that point of your life as you are now and telling that inner child what you think they needed to hear back then that they didn't get to hear. So anyways, if you have more to say on that, Alina, the floor is yours. (laughs) But I'm really loving this conversation.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I'm so glad that you brought up this point and also this technique because the this technique is also so special. As you might have noticed, these are two different perspectives. Like the first technique is that you are rewriting the memory as a child basically and the second one is you being the adult, you being the parent taking care of your child. And this is also great. Because you can always do that here and there. You don't have to go in all at once like in, in the first time. You can always connect with it this way that when you in a relaxed space or when you meditate or for me when I'm taking a bus. Then I'm also sometimes really thinking about my inner child and that I'm you know, I'm really taking care of it, that I'm also bathing my inner child, that I'm laying a towel (laughs) around my inner child, that I'm really hugging my inner child, that I'm feeding my inner child, that I'm doing things that my inner child wants to do, like playing or I'm buying an ice cream and we're eating the ice cream together. So you can really play around with these things. And also another great way is, to write a letter to your inner child. So I know Mm -hmm. that I mentioned like this technique where you both kind of like you write from your perspective and let your inner child answer, but you can also write to your inner child or you can write to your past self Whatever you want to say to that past self. And you can even say that you're so sorry or that you're now there for it and that you're now holding a space, etc., or whatever's on your mind or heart, you can say it. And I think this is also really great to do that. And when it comes to inner child work in general, what you can also do is writing from your child's perspective to people who have heard you. The example I gave in the beginning with the girl singing and the mother being angry at her. This girl now as an adult could also write to her mom how she felt in this specific moment that it made her sad and what this meant for her life. Um, so you can also do that. So there are so many techniques that you can use. And as I said, you can really play around with this. And really see what it's most in alignment with you.
0: Mm. Yeah. Also, I just have to point this out because I'm a geek for <laughs> synchronicities and angel numbers. I'm sitting here deep in thought listening to Alina. And every time I look up, especially to speak, the timing, our time tracker on our recording, 10-10, 12-12. 10, mm-hmm. Just now, I just saw 35-35. But as I was listening to Alina speak, I got a download to kind of share when my inner teen came out in that kind of situation. I know we jumped on the call earlier this morning, Alina, and we talked about it for about an hour. And I also wrote something in my phone that I will probably share as well. But a lot of my trauma, like I had said before, happened in, in my teen years as far as sexual trauma, emotional trauma, all the traumas. really uh, kicked up when I was a teen. And as an energetic and emotional result of that, my cycles have been extremely painful. And with working through my sexual trauma and all my other traumas, I've seen a difference in the pain level. But I also know that the healing has just begun almost, which is Great. I'm so grateful to be aware of my healing and be aware of how nitty gritty and painful the healing can be. And also be aware that if I wasn't doing the work, I would be in a lot more pain. Usually I have a warning. Usually it's gear up, get ready. Here I come. And yesterday it hit me like a ton of bricks. One second I was fine and the next second I was doubled over in severe pain. And it lasted for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and I got to the point where I was my my teen came out and and she was saying, I've done this work, I've, I've worked through this, I'm, I'm with the pain in my body, I'm, I'm grateful that I have this reset, I'm, I'm grateful to be a woman and, and have this womanhood, but like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? And I'm going to read what I was writing this morning before jumping on this call, and I know I said to Alina that I wanted to share it with her, but um, I'll read you a couple of points from that because it was like an epiphany for me, for sure. And I wrote for hours as I lay weeping in pain, constantly squirming to find a position that grants me an ounce of relief, catching myself, asking the universe why my womanhood carries so much power to inflict this much physical sorrow on my body. I've done the work. I've forgiven. I've accepted all past pain. I am with this pain in my body. What else does it take? And it hits me. Listen. I heard over the piercing contract and release of my body that my body was going through. Follow your body, contract and release. I shifted my perspective to what is this teaching me? And I sobbed, imagining that my body was the physical representation of what was in my heart. And I sobbed. I mourned the girl I was long before. Her discomfort, confusion, lack, heartbreak, the feeling of being alone. I cried with her and I let her be seen. Within minutes the feelings in my the feeling in my legs came back. The cold su- sweat subsided and I began to come back into my body. It became became the pain became bearable and quickly diminished. And I think this is profound on so many different levels. And I was explaining to Alina that I was in a state of enduring. I was just focusing on getting through and pushing through and Sending love to my body and finding a position to lay that would give me a sliver of relief. And as soon as I switched my perspective to what needs to be seen right now and what needs to be felt, like I just read back as to what I wrote this morning, I sobbed. And it was such an emotional release and recognition of that teenager that had been in so much pain for various reasons and the biggest one being revolving the sexual trauma in my life not only my own but generationally and I just wanted to share that because in the smallest moments when you least expect it it can be the most healing for you and if you just allow it and recognize your physical pain in any sense, it does not have to be related to your womanhood. Can be the doorway to healing and releasing the emotional pain attached to your physical body. And as as we're talking about the inner child and the inner teen, I think that is an, also a really good way to connect with them is to explore your physical body and explore what might be harboring in there and wanting to be released. And that one experience that happened yesterday really drove this conversation in this episode, I think, because I don't really have words for it. All I know is that it's profound and it was the first step in that next level of healing for me, for sure. That's all.
1: Yeah. That's all. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Caden. It was really beautiful and warm. And just a quick little side note, what you mentioned about your body. This is definitely also a really important topic, the mind body connection and how emotional traumas can manifest in our physical bodies. And this is also definitely something that Kaden and I will talk about in another episode on Goddess Unbound because truly deserves a whole episode. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to mention this um, to you guys because maybe some of you might not be familiar with that, but we will touch on that in one of our next episodes.
0: Yes, and yes sure.
1: Yes. I really think Caden, what you said was amazing and I think this is also a good point where we can end this episode. Yeah, I um, think so too. She yes.
0: my my teen feels seen and heard yes. and I'm glad I had a platform to share what I wrote this morning and hopefully this will encourage everybody listening to just get curious. Take a look inside see how your inner teen feels. If they feel rageful and pissed off, you are not alone. If your inner child needs a little bit of extra TLC, we both encourage you to give them that. And yeah, I think this is a perfect place to end the podcast for today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for
0: tuning in and got us unbound. We were really so happy that you were here. And remember to mark your calendars for every Monday at 11.11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And every Monday at 8.11 p.m. Middle
1: European Time.
0: And remember, make today special.